Ladies and gentlemen, this is Dak Xavier Josiah, the host of ACMG Presents Talk Time Live, the podcast. You want to catch up with all of our podcast shows and hear from some of the hottest names in all of anime, comics, movies, and games, such as... This is Miley Flanagan, the voice of Naruto. This is Stephanie Shea, the voice of Sailor Moon. This is Ruben Langdon, the voice of Ken Masters and Dante from Devil May Cry. Hey there, this is Kyle Abair, the voice of Ryu from Street Fighter V. This is Chris Battle, character designer of Teen Titans Go! Here's your chance to check out all of that and more on Talk Time Live. TalkTimeLive.com provides all of our ACMG content with new and previous episodes, exclusive interviews, articles, and much more. Visit TalkTimeLive.com and let us help you learn to let go, live life, and love all things ACMG. Talk Time Live! This episode of ACMG Presents Talk Time Live is brought to you in part by Viewfinders Identity Search and Design. Your choice for web design, graphic design, and all multimedia development needs. Visit VFISAD.com and let us bring your vision to reality. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Mike Moe from Street Fighter Assassin's Fist. You are listening to ACMG Presents Talk Time Live. Os. It's time. Talk time. Let's go. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Come on and let's get it. Talk time. Live. Started in the 80s with Matt Cross. Dudes in the hood might have called that soft, but I carried that cross like Jesus did. Fast forward, I teach the kids to learn how to let go, live life, and show love to all things that don't matter. Where y'all from? And luckily, there's a show called Talk Time. We've been waiting for this for a long time. Dax kicks the facts on all the geek news. Special guests and unbiased reviews. Suburban kids, the hipster street dudes. All can learn something new. Me too. I heard words when no faith is empty. I stayed the course, so my haters tempt me. Beep the podcast, that'll make them envy. It ain't too trendy. It's ACMG. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Now come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Now come on. And let's get it. Talk time. Anime, comics, movies, and games. The come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime, comics, movies, and games. The come on and let's get it. Talk time. Welcome back to the Journal of My Life that covers all things anime, comics, movies, and games. This is ACMG Presents Talk Time Live, the Prime Show. I am your host, Dak Xavier Josiah, back for once again for a playing double duty here, pretty much. Um, as I said before in the last episode, in the best of 2020 episode, which I absolutely enjoy talking about, um, we're going to cover all things Cobra Kai in this episode like we won't even have a what's new in the world of ACMG we'll save that segment for this uh Sunday segment which I'm gonna I decided I'm going to I would be remiss as a Transformers fan not to talk about Warren Cybertron so this Sunday I'm going to talk about the latest episode which came out during the uh the holiday season like the end like I think January 30th it came out on and you know we were on vacay we you know we're doing our thing it was just so much coming on and I, I I can't miss out on the chance to talk about that because it was a lot going on there. Um, Sabrina also came out the same day as Cobra Kai to a soft pro- like promotion. I don't understand why that didn't come out when it did uh, or, or was pro- highly promoted when it did it. That's a really great show. And it just, you know, that's a Greg Berlanti production, you know, spinoff to uh, Riverdale. I don't understand why they soft promoted it or why didn't they decide to move that to another day so it could get its own light. Um, but instead, you know, it got overshadowed by Cobra Kai and unfortunately, respectfully so <laughs> because this season did not disappoint at all. And we're going to just talk about it all. Um, let me tell you, first of all, let's recap on everything that happened in, to it in 2000, uh, in what, what did it come out? 2019 or uh, then let me see. I think it did come out in 2019. Yeah, 2019, and then it skipped a year because um, I think it was transitioning from YouTube TV to Netflix at the time. And it's crazy because this was a this was supposed to be like the marquee show for YouTube TV. This was all YouTube TV 
was advertising to try to get people to come in. And I think myself included, when I saw this and I heard this uh, show was coming out, I was like, all right, I absolutely want to see this because I heard about this. I heard about the premise of the whole uh, story and is questioning on the uh, the morality, the true morality of um Daniel Russo and and uh, and Johnny Lawrence and it's like you know the the conversation that people have which I'm not sure don't quote me on it but last time I, when I first heard this conversation it was on how I met your mother because they did an episode where they were questioning whether Johnny was actually the hero and Daniel was actually the villain in this whole thing. And I think it started up an entire conversation to, of looking back of like, yeah, let's look back at Daniel. He actually, a part of it is kind of his fault. He did come in and get, you know, came up on Ollie, even though she was dating Johnny at the time, but they kind of split up a bit and Johnny was really into Ali and that was his first love or whatever like that. And it just started all because of, now I don't want to say all because of Ali, but their affection for Ali. And, you know, here this is started a huge war between the two, which then migrated into these new generations coming in now. So this war between those two got so big that in season two, it got into a huge fight in war in the high school one that I can somewhat kind of relate to, but not in the sense of how they did it, because all of them were martial artists. When I got into stuff like that in high school, none of us had that type of skill. It was just, you know, valet tudo, I guess. I guess anything goes. <laughs> but these guys were like all high, like skilled martial artists having a big rumble in the uh, in the in a school, and it just. It was so awesome. It rem- You know what it reminded me of? I don't know if a lot of you listeners have actually watched the show, if you're old enough to watch this, sh- um, not to show this movie. But The Last Dragon is one of the most beloved cult classic films uh, in the 80s, which was a martial arts film. It was a black martial arts film uh, made by Barry Gordy from Motown. And it had Ty Mac in there, who was the main martial artist. He was our black Bruce Lee or Bruce Leroy, if you will. But there was a scene where they all were at the nightclub and the biggest rumble ever came out, which was like kind of the, it was kind of the climatic moment of that movie where everything was just starting to go, go down. They did the same thing here. And it was just, it was so main event level. Awesome. You know, if you put it in, if you put it in terms of uh, pro wrestling, it kind of reminded me of war games and you know i now anybody who watches nxt um recognizes what war games is which is a 2k it was two teams of two uh fighting in a double-sided ring with wrapped in a cage or whatever it's kind of that big and when i think war games i'm thinking oh way back in 1987 in nwa when they first did it but um it, it has that type of deal in here. And the cool part about this, and what, what I love, you know, there was a lot of great MVPs this year in terms of acting um, and in character portrayals and, and character uh, development. But honestly, I think the real credit and the real MVPs is the writers and the directors of this show. Um, there was a lot of writers and directors uh, for this year, uh, as it was the other years. And it was just absolutely amazing because here's the thing i watched every season i watched this and the more that i watch every episode the more i was i was definitely certain that somebody or a bunch of the writers and directors of this of the show have to be wrestling fans and i say that because the writing in here the the character direction it's a lot like how normally pro wrestling should be. Um, I know a lot of people crap on what WWE is doing right now, but there was a time when they actually did have somewhat good booking. NWA has some really, really great booking. Um, and I say when I say booking, I mean like storytelling, because you know that's for those who aren't pro wrestling fans. The booking is the term for storytelling and pretty much directing uh, the actual matches and everything and what goes down, but. I watched 
I watch Cobra Kai as if it's sports entertainment. And the way that the characters always twist and turn around, like sometimes and it's it's always a great area because I the theme of the show is that not everything is what you see what you think it is. Like you not everybody's totally bad, not everybody's totally good. Sometimes the good guys you know have the best intentions but it comes out being wrong and you end up making a bad decision which makes you kind of almost like the bad guy or antagonist of the show um the good the bad guys a lot of times they you know there's a reason why they are the who they are and now because this is so fleshed out we get to see the backstories of like johnny lawrence and how he grew up and his upbringing and stuff uh this season was just the same because we got a huge and I mean, huge backstory based on one of the most evil guys in this entire um, season. And that's John Kreese, you know, who was John, uh, Daniel's, uh, you know, former teacher. You guys remember last season, he uh, Kreese came back and people were not feeling it because of how manipulative he is. And they were right. Daniel gave him a chance to give him, try to give him a second chance. And all the while... Crease end up tr going behind him and, you know, taking over Cobra Kai by the end of the season. At the same time, we got this school rumble, which leads to many many of uh, the kids injured from both um, Miyagi-Do and, you know, Cobra Kai. And, unfortunately, Miguel by Solo uh, Mer uh, Medellin. Oh, man, I always butcher his name. Uh, Solo... Um, Madeena, I believe his name is, who plays Miguel Diaz. Uh, he actually jumped. He, he got kicked off the actual um, like second floor steps by Robbie, uh, played by Tanner uh, Buchanan. And I, it, it, I was like, I, I, you know, when I first saw that scene, I did not expect any of that to happen. And all they had was him falling slowly down and he cracked his back on that banister and in, in apparently caught a, um, fell into a coma as a result. I mean, yeah, it makes sense. And now we got this season, the aftermath of everything, because now Robbie's running away because he's running away from the cops because he's wanted after that incident. Um, <clears throat> you got, you know, um, Samantha, who is kind of she is worried about Robbie and where he's going but she's also worried about Miguel because of what happened and it went just went way too far you got Hawk one of my favorite characters in here played by Jacob um Bertrand and who is one of the most appealing characters in this show and he's getting like all throughout the movie he's getting I mean all throughout the actual show and series he's just getting more badass and more badass and more evil by the term and now with him increase it's getting worse but now there's a twist and turn this season that is leading him to you know think twice about what's going on like so there's always some the, the, the logic in how the narrative of this series is written is in the same sense that normally pro wrestling is written is written and it it, it i feel like i this this show is actually more pro wrestling than some pro wrestling shows that I've watched, and I'm really talking about like the WWE's and the uh, the impacts out there. And no, Ring of Honor does pretty good, but um, but I mean, yeah, I mean, it's just perfect pro wrestling logic. You got the good guys, you got the bad guys, but sometimes the bad guys will end up going to the good guys, and sometimes the good guys will trans over to the bad guys, and it it, it keeps the, it. It's and also it's yin and yang. It's an ever going flow, you know. It's an infinite loop <laughs> that just goes on and on, and this rivalry keeps going. Well, it just got bigger <laughs> because now in season three we have a whole new faction. We got a whole a, a ridiculous new faction here. And again, that's another thing. You got Miyagi Do, which is like I guess if you put it into terms um what is today uh, i guess if you're watching aew this is um miyagi do can be like the nightmare family i guess you know if in terms of good guys and 
Cobra Kai is pretty much the uh, inner circle <laughs> in this case. But now you have this new faction this year um, headed by uh, Daniel because after this, the results of uh, the events of the third of the second season where Kreese took over Cobra Kai once again and took over everything. He's out of a he's out of a group. He's out of his uh, he has no no uh, students anymore. He except for possibly Miguel, who is under a coma. So the first episode, the first few episodes, uh, it really does focus on, you know, Miguel's comeback and his recovery and the aftermath of everything. Um, Miguel's fighting for his life. You know, you got Robbie missing. You got, you know, Daniel and Johnny's reputation that is on the rocks with um the, with the town because of all this like it karate used to be a really great thing thanks to uh you know Daniel Russo and his car company who you know kind of established and focused on his championship win you know this this town this town is very interesting because it reminds me of an old county and my wife lives my wife of uh, my in-laws I should say they live in the county of Mannheim, pa here in philadelphia uh in pennsylvania and that's all they're the lancaster area it's a small region small county region and they really focus on this like the smaller things to us in the city is the bigger things to them like so we got the eagles we got the philadelphia eagles we got the um we got the sixers they their biggest pop former popularity and, the, and this town is a high school football team uh, called the Barons in, in Mannheim. And, I mean, they are huge. They get sponsorships. They get, like, support. Like, you go into that town and you see, like, actual flags and everything by the Barons. Like, it's a big deal to them. Um, and some of the actual players, uh, you know, uh, the players of that football team actually has ended up in the NFL. So there's a reason for that. And, and Cobra Kai, they kind of do the same thing with the, with the, uh, with the martial arts aspect. Like martial arts is a big thing because of Danny Russo, and he, you know, he kept that tradition going, and he branded it himself um, based on that with his car company. So now that all of this, all of this, um, this clash is going on between these two factions and everything, you have. Uh, and, and, and the results of the actual um, high school, it's kind of diminished the brand. And now, you know, Russo, you know, Russo's car company had to result into not mentioning karate at all because of the incidents and the violence that is um, that is grown. And it's messed up his his uh, his money pretty much with this whole thing. So they got to figure that out. And West Valley actually is the name of the um, town that they live in. But the uh, it, it's it's really it's really gotten that big in that town. So I mean, throughout the seasons, you got Daniel and Johnny teaming up back, you know, off and on. They sometimes team up, and then sometimes, of course, something triggers them to get into a battle with each other again. They're going out looking for Johnny. I mean, Robbie actually, and they both have different ways of trying to do it. Um, I gotta say too, the other thing I want to mention. Is Samantha. Samantha's going through a lot because she kind of got she kind of acquired a form of PTSD during this whole entire thing. So like the first episode, she comes back into the high school and she hasn't been back since then. The funny thing about this, and it, I, you know, I can never, I can never, I, 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 I far be it for me to say anything on this note because I've never been through anything like this. But she is still traumatized by the results of what happened because she was and on she was at the step where Miguel crashed into that banister so she is hesitant coming in to the high school and you know not only that she also fought Tori who actually injured her with the she had a, a spike um bracelet that she used as a weapon and it scarred her gave her like three scars and uh on her arm so she i think it's kind of like what mike tyson said in fights it's like you know you have a game plan until you get punched in the mouth and then everything goes into a loop and with her as a established martial artist she thought she had it wrong but she got hit for the first time she got into a real life situation when you got tori who is out for blood literally like she 
she has some she got some situations she got some you know situations you know of her own and some backgrounds of her own you know they just they talk about tori's situation in this series where her mother is going having is uh having failing health and she's going through a lot and they can't afford stuff and she has to work two jobs now so you know, it's one of those things, again, like she's not totally evil. She's going through a lot of things and she's displacing her anger on Samantha. And the fact that Samantha is, you know, Samantha and Miguel's situation is still kind of bleak right now. So it's it's just, it's really, really crazy. Uh, a lot of twists and turns, but it's not like, the, the, the twists and turns in this show is not confusing. And that's the part I love about it um it's well balanced it makes sense it it weaves a good web around each other so good to the point that it it keeps you coming back um but yeah it's it's really awesome so they finally find robbie and apparently he uh he found his way back to his mother who is now at a rehab retreat and it's valley it's it's the west coast is valley go fig and uh, you know daniel figures the best way to help him is to have him come in and, and uh you know submit himself to the cops and just you know put out the plea robbie was not feeling this he wasn't happy he definitely wasn't happy with his father who was also trying to reconcile things with him as well and he ended up going into juvie or whatever type of facility that he uh actually has gotten himself into so we end up going through an entire few episodes where robbie is in uh juvenile like a juvenile detention uh center uh whew, dude, that takes me back um and during this time robbie is being antagonized by this dude this brother in uh in there who keeps wanting to bully him and bully him and bully him and at any time robbie can actually take this dude out we know Robbie can take this dude out. We know Robbie is actually a actually great martial artist. He's a finalist. And but he's trying to, you know, despite his animosity for Daniel Russo, um, he still philosophically goes by the way of not using karate as a form of anger, but a form of defense and empathy. So he, at any time, he knows he can beat these guys, but he chooses not to do so. So it was kind of awesome. And I love the philosophical aspect of this show, too, because, you know, if you look at it from um, a, a Eastern philosophy standpoint, there's a lot of that in it that's implied in this uh, series as well. So you got that. Um, all through the episodes, too, you got Samantha who even though she is she's fighting with herself as i mentioned before she couldn't like it with the funny part about samantha's situation too is that like i mentioned how she was going through these struggles with um you know going back in sort of like a ptsd type of situation where she's traumatized and she got these uh, just like robbie kind of just like robbie in his sense but robbie is literally physically being pushed uh, and bullied there's students in the school who were like talking behind her back and she saw them she knows that she's talking they're talking behind her back and stuff like that and it she can't handle the mental pressure of having to do that the second time she went in back to the school to do that again she took a day off the first day that's understandable the second day is like okay i i can't i can't let this slide anymore i gotta step up because all through when i was watching i'm like samantha seriously you know good and well you could kick every one of those girls ass <laughs> why are you hesitating it's like i think she didn't realize that and didn't like the next episode in when she when they see her going back in it's like wait i could kick these girls ass what the hell am i being so afraid for so she goes over there steps up to him and she's like anybody got a problem with me and i'm like thank you thank you you for goodness sake will you step up we like literally grow up here at this case like you're in, you're in the right of this part so it was it's pretty funny um the, it, but i was happy to see her go through that um going back to miguel and i'm known going everywhere here because it was just so much going on but you got to try to grab as much as possible miguel after like three episodes uh, three or four episodes in and i love i absolutely i think like three episodes in. i love the slow burn 
to Miguel's recovery because all through the time he's in this coma, everybody's um, coming to see him. Um, Johnny, uh, not Johnny, uh, Dan, you know, Johnny, I was right. Johnny actually, you know, remorse about the fact that his parents, um, Miguel's mom and his grandmother, well, more his mother resented him because he wouldn't have got himself into all this if not for the fact of, um, you know, getting him to martial arts, he wouldn't be in this position. Uh, Johnny's still going out of his way to try to help, you know, uh, Miguel. And anyway, like from uh, with his medical bills, Samantha too. Samantha started a uh, a huge fundraiser, which Cobra Kai decided to want to take the money from the fundraiser and use it to say that they uh, paid for Miguel's, uh, you know, uh, medical bills. This is crazy. And by the third episode, I believe he finally came to. Um, and it was awesome. The big build to that was absolutely awesome there. So. I, I really appreciated that. But along the way, you got, you know, Samantha starting to get her uh, courage back up. And they start to want to fight uh, back, sort of kind of fight back with Cobra Kai. And Cobra Kai basically, um, they basically, you know, since the riots and everything, the schools decided that they need to all, you know, if anybody starts any fights again, they pretty much are expelled completely. So. There's this secret, secret battle rivalry. They have this really fun uh, soccer match that they go through. It's pretty, it's pretty hilarious. There's some really, really funny moments, some really funny dialogue in here along the way. But this show has really, I didn't know how they were going to be able to top themselves, and they did. Um, so Daniel and Miguel winds up coming back. They ended up... Uh, Miguel comes back from you know from his uh, coma somehow, and they end up going to try to find ways to train him. He uses physical therapy. Daniel did not like that physical therapy part, and they go through a lot. They go through a hell of a lot here. But one of the big highlights of this uh, season was the return of virtually. And I mean it. Virtually all the main characters of Karate Kid 2. I am not joking here. Like, they had, they brought back the actual actors who played it. Like, um, the, the actress who played Kamiko from Karate Kid 2. The, uh, act, the actual actor who played Chosen. These guys are like 50 years old now. Uh, who, if you guys, if you watch Karate Kid 2, Chosen was the main bad guy of uh, season 2 when he went to Japan. It was absolutely awesome. They went so in. They, they, I feel like the budget this year for season three got even bigger because they went so far as to go to Japan. They went as far as to um, um, to establish all these different types of situations to make it to bring it into the world of Karate Kid and make everything make sense. It was tremendous. I so enjoy the uh karate kid 2 aspect it is chosen um yuji uh, akumoto was phenomenal he he was i loved it and there's a i don't i don't want to spoil it for everybody because i don't know how many people saw this but he gets his he gets his vengeance back for for johnny um for uh, daniel's son in a very very funny way and I, I absolutely loved what they did with this. But also, again, he was there to prove that not everything is black and white. You know, that everything that he did back then was for a reason. And he had to go back and figure out what that was. And there's some really good, you know, uh, storytelling here with that situation. It kind of closes the book of it, it. There's a lot of closure for Karate Kid Part 2 here. Of course, um... Mr. Sato, his uh, uncle, who is Miyagi's uh, son, I mean, brother, also, I believe, passed away. So he was not in there as well. Chosen took over. Daniel uh, went back to Japan to try to find some answers and find some closure to everything. Only to find out, and I knew this was going to happen, that the old village that he once, uh, you know, beloved. And it was like a kind of um, a third world type of environment. Um... I don't want to, it's not indigenous. It was more like just third world, you know, everything they could, they could barely afford everything, but they were humble. They had, you know, peace of mind and, and such and virtue. 
that wasn't the case this time because they became a full-fledged, up-to-date, you know, uh, profitable community <laughs> now where they have K uh, KFC. They have a whole bunch of other name brand places that you can visit or anything. And he was heartbroken. He was so heartbroken. That was until he saw Kamiko. And when he saw Kamiko, everything was just, everything was just all right. That was such a beautiful, beautiful episode. It actually is one of my favorite episodes uh, of the entire season because it just it, it brought so much closure to this uh, series as well. And while he was away, Sam decided uh, that they were gonna she was gonna retrain all of the Miyagi Do uh, people because uh, Daniel felt it was best that they disbanded. But she felt that look, we're still getting bullied by these people. And we need to fight. We need to be able to defend, despite the fact that with her, um, with Daniel and uh, his wife, uh, who play um, Courtney Hengler, uh, Hengler, Hellinger, uh, who plays um, Amanda LaRusso. If you guys remember her, she also plays um, Sheldon's sister on Big Bang Theory as well. And man, uh, what I loved about this episode is like she supported the martial arts or she loved what daniel got to you know was able to do but she didn't understand exactly how deep it was and when she started seeing everything escalating like that it was really upsetting her because it was now being all surrounded around this martial arts war but now i think she understood firsthand this season when uh, she started seeing samantha being bullied and you see how emotional and mentally um it damaging as it has become for her and then on top of that, she discovered that Crease was the center of all this. And she went to go decided to um, check out John Crease, uh, played by Martin Cove. And you know what's funny about uh, Martin Cove? I don't think I've seen him in any other show or any other movie. He's he. This is his role. <laughs> this is absolutely his role. Like, he's just... I mean, the last thing I've seen him on, aside from the Karate Kid series and, and Cobra Kai was like rambo first blood part two <laughs> and but he is john crease in a sense like he's he's i guess typecasted to be this character for life um but he does it so well it's slightly campy but not in a, not too campy that it's not like but like you don't get um drawn to it the parts i love about him is every time somebody come this season, I think about three times, there were people who came to Cobra Kai Dojo after hours to go see him. And he has these great moments where he's talking to Daniel or he's talking to Amanda. And, you know, they're trying to say, like, we're going to stop you. And he has this sly way of saying, like, nah, that's not happening. And you, you'll see what, what the results of this. Amanda came in there and was like, she wasn't trying to have any of that. And she slapped a bull crap out of him and thinking that everything was going to solve by saying you know i'll have the authorities i'll have the law against you and all this now crease has it all figured out and put together he even had a restraining order her before she had it on him <laughs> the dude is i mean he's an army vet he knows what he's doing he's been through some hard times and that was one of the big things that they did about this season is that we got a john crease backstory which was huge and you know what happens when people get backstories you figure out that they're not all that bad and you got to see where john crease got all of this um happening all of his persona his mindset his ideology all of that you get to see all of that in his backstory that it progresses throughout the uh, last few episodes and you understand kind of understand i don't think i would agree with it but I understand where he and why he actually has the mindset and why he does the way things he does. He's been through the same thing with his, you know, his uh, higher rank, which they were, you know, prisoners of war in Vietnam War. And they, they had to fight each other and all this stuff. And his his, you know, commanding officer was just as much of a prick as Crease was. He was, if not more, he you know, he, he uh, Crease was a normal guy. He was actually a geek when he started out. And he come to find out, you know, he, he enlisted in the army to make sure that he was not that geek anymore. The army did what they did. They put it, you know, they disciplined him. And then you had this ranking officer that he had to work in him to 
do do the exact same thing that Crease is doing to every one of those kids at Cobra Kai right now. And I, man, I gotta say, um, it makes all sense in the world. And this goes to show that, and I talked about this um, a while back when the movie Soul came out. And when we talked about Hater Paul on Soul, if you guys remember the barbershop scene, the one that I, the, the scene that I, the actual scene that I had to reference to Alana Pierce recently, because, you know, they, her, they, she did a podcast of uh, just recently about like how they don't, didn't, they liked uh, the movie, but they didn't understand the movie. And these are four, you know, white, you know, people who may not have experienced and understand the ideology. She replied back to me that, you know, yeah, it was written by a mostly white guys, but I'm like, yes, but Kemp Powers was also the coach. She kind of like overlooked the fact that Kemp Powers was in there. And regardless of how many, you know, people were writing and directing it, um, he was the co-director and he also, um, he also wrote the, I mean, wrote some of the, um, movie as well with them. And I guarantee you that he had to oversee a lot of the uh character authentic uh, like uh the cultural you know appropriation of the movie like peter doctor could not do that on his own he would he would not you can't depict our culture and and expect us to think that you know you understand it no kemp powers had a lot to do with that so she kind of overlooked that and i don't say like she did so maliciously or anything it was just something that maybe i guess i want to say uh systematically but um she kind of just like i don't know why she overlooked the fact that like yeah there was a actual black director for this also like a co-director and a writer and this whole thing and there's no way that she, he that peter doctor as great as he is would be able to depict anything any of the uh the 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 character development of you know joe garner and all those guys in there it, it just um it just wouldn't but i digress in that scene you have you know paul or hater paul is like what i like to call him who you know was hating on joe and you know basically the the key of the hater when they figured it out they figured out that joe was just you know displacing his anger upon i mean paul was just placing his anger upon joe because of things that he wasn't able to accomplish and it's usually when when people get through you know are evil or evil intent there's usually some background behind it. It's never just totally for the sake of. And this is one of the things that you learn in Cobra Kai. That like, even though these guys are doing some really evil things, it's not always that black and white. Like nobody's ever really evil incarnate <laughs> in these shows. And John Kreese had his backstory. And, you know, like I said, he enlisted. He worked with this commanding officer. The commanding officer eventually... Um, did everything he could to make sure that he was a you know focused soldier including not give him the letters from his uh his the person he fell in love with who unfortunately died of a car crash and he never got it he never found out about it until those two were prisoners of war and they end up fighting in a pit fight <laughs> and he told him this and he told him this in hopes that, you know, the commanding officer told him this in hopes that he would actually, uh, you know, fall weak. No, that actually inspired him more. And, you know, the crazy part was this was not only this, the, the backstory not only told the story of Crease's, um, of why Crease is the way, the way Crease is, but it was also the origin story of the term no mercy and the origin story of Cobra Kai. Because in that in that pit fight, in the pit that they were, it was nothing but cobras in there. And that's where they pretty much got it from. He also, by the way, killed his commanding officer by let, allowing him, kicking him off the pit, um, even though he could have saved him. And he's like, he was like, I'm not ever making that mistake again. So that was a really interesting thing. And because of that, I'm wondering where they're going to go with this, with, with Kreese and him. Um, I'm, by the end of this, by the end of this entire series, they it all leads into two big things. One, the return of Ali. The return of, like, the, there was so much closure in this show. Elizabeth Shue actually makes a return to the show. They kept her, they kept her hanging 
and wondering if we're ever going to see her. And then we started seeing pictures in season two of her. We started seeing them actually, you know, doing Facebook things and all this stuff. And I'm like, are they really going to bring her back? Elizabeth Shue absolutely came back as Ali, who was the girl, the love interest that Daniel and Johnny were fighting for all the way dating back to the original Karate Kid. She came back and it was such an awesome episode. So much closer brought in and you thought you know sparks were gonna fly again with her and johnny but also the animosity between her and daniel because they all end up meeting each other in the banquet with along with amanda larusso um as well and i thought there was gonna be there was gonna be a whole thing it ends up not being and it ended up becoming this nice little moment where you know daniel amanda johnny and ali are all sitting around and they're talking about everything that happened back then it's amazing and, it, and to, what people don't believe is that this will happen. We, there are always conversations about like, can exes actually be friends again? And can exes actually, you know, um, get along after the fact and move on and stuff like that and be mature enough to, you know, yes, it can happen. That is not fiction what you see right there. And I can tell you why, because I am still cool with a lot of people that I dated back then. I have been 16 years married they've been married they we all moved on but it's like the i don't understand why this role as to why this role of mindset this childish role of mindset that we have that we can't have we can't be friends after the whole situation sometimes things blow up to a part that you know it ends up being where you can't guys can't deal with each other but at the end of the day it's like dude it's like no we just see that we have to go our separate ways and that's just it but we still st keep in contact we still all family we still all cool it's all good at the end of the day the, the the point of any relationship should be based upon friendship everything else that at the um you know transitions after that it, it is what it is but it all the core of the friendship should always be there and this was what i loved about that episode um but it was great because it brought so much closure and it also brought just like um the, the the japan episode where kamiko came back kamiko kind of played the alley and she was the alley in, in, of part two but she did the same thing she brought in in, in japan kamiko brought daniel and uh chosen back together to make amends and so chosen can help him learn some new stuff <laughs> back then which i i, I kind of glossed over that whole thing they, they, they uh, well i kind of didn't because i mentioned that he gets his revenge back but he does so through the actual um through the through the training that they do and it's, it was pretty awesome because daniel was not trusting him at all he felt like once a bad guy always a bad guy and even daniel's learning something about this season that not everything is what they seems and we can actually you know bad guys and 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 enemies can be friends and get along so everybody matures and the same thing happened here because ali brought you know kind of brought closure to both of them and saying like and you start to realize this but she really she really hit the nail on it and this time and saying you know what you guys don't realize and this is why you guys are probably fighting so much is because you guys are exactly the same and you kind of find out that because we never understood why daniel and ali broke up well it turns out that ali broke up with him because daniel got so massively jealous over every single guy that she ended up like being friends with almost in the same way that Johnny did with him. So yeah, I mean, to anybody who kind of really kind of answered everybody's question, whether Daniel was the bad guy, he may not have been the bad guy, but he became the bad guy. It's the old, um, it's a dark night, uh, Dale, like, um, you stay around uh, you stay around as the herald to eventually become the villain that that saying that they did in, in, in the dark night it that's what happened with daniel he wind up being he becoming what he hated the most and he became johnny and those two end up breaking up so like like ali has a record of guys who get super jealous about her so and, and amanda was all good on all of this like i don't amanda had to be good in all this because like in terms of you know after you know you know life after you know certain relationships i think i think daniel larusso did pretty damn good marrying um amanda here she she's a ride or die she is a ride or die and she is not ugly <laughs> at all so 
It was pretty awesome. They they brought closure to that. Now, why they were while they were bringing closure to that situation at that at that club, there's supposed to be a Christmas party going on with just the Cobra Kai, with the, um, consisting of the Miyagi Do people and the newly formed Eagle Fang Dojo, which was created by Dead uh, Johnny Lawrence, like. Johnny created Johnny still has this 80 mindset. And if you guys don't understand it, those who didn't grow up in the eighties, the logic, the logistics of eighties logic of how, in terms of branding and, and, and creativity, there was some, there was a lot of energy, but not a lot of, not a lot of like focus and logic to it. Um, so there will be some really weird type of things in the eighties that were created and that you would now question. The, rather it was a TV, like TV shows that were out or you know certain brands that were made and stuff like that there wasn't too much thought process because a lot of this stuff wasn't done before so now that we're looking back and now that we've done it before we're looking back like why was that well how did that make sense how does some of the things like like when we watch like G.I. Joe or like you know and, and look at Cobra is like how come Cobra never hit G.I. Joe? Every they're only their sh- only their um their their ships got blown up. They ne- every like there's a lot of firepower going on. Cobra never hits G.I. Joe. <laughs> never. You know, it, it it's fine. You watch Transformers, they get shot up all the time. G.I. Joe, nope, they never get hit. Not even a braise to the arm. The only time you've seen it is when like G.I. Joe the movie when when Duke got stabbed by Serpentor. That was the one time you got to see that happen. And, that, and I guess because of that, it was a big deal because you never got to see these guys get shot before. So, or even were most killed or in a coma or whatever. So it was it was crazy to see that. Um, but Eagle Fang, of all, like it sounded badass, but it didn't make sense. And everybody who even mentioned it didn't make sense. So they even, had, Daniel even went as far as make, got somebody to make a logo of an eagle with vampire fangs on it it was so hilarious and i'm like as as a person as a person who is a logo designer and a a graphic designer i it i i knew it was supposed to be a joke but there was a part of me there was absolutely a part of me that felt like i could not i i it it burned me because i'm like dude that that irks me because i would never have done that (laughs) <laughs> but luckily everybody else but Johnny understood that. So Miguel and 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 uh Samantha who also were fighting to keep the uh tournament going because they were going to just cancel the tournament due to all the violence was going on but they felt that it was the one time that Crease, Daniel and Johnny all worked together to uh assure that the tournament stayed on because the tournament is all the center point. The tournament can actually keep people more safe than anything uh if they you know stick to regulations and such but they had a hearing where they actually you know did it and it was and thanks to samantha and miguel the tournament is going to go on now with not two factions now three factions because eagle fang is on here now um but in order to you know make amends samantha and miguel set up this meeting which was supposed to be like a christmas party or a christmas stag or whatever um at her house to allow them to make amends to you know to actually team up together to go up against cobra kai because they you know their antics is going too far and it did turn out well because cobra you know after cobra kai uh invaded well first of all Cobra, um miyagi do and uh eagle fang dojo actually did decide to work together there was some, some form of diplomacy there but somehow some way cobra kai found out they invaded and now they're having the, the same that that epic rumble that they had in season two has now become in a christmas battle royal at the larusso's house and it has gotten so bad the whole entire house got wrecked in this whole thing. It was awesome. It was absolutely awesome. If you liked the first battle in the high school, this one was just as fun. And luckily, nobody got insanely hurt. But this also led, led into Samantha, who was be, who's, who has become definitely afraid of Tori because of what she's done. Because she realized that Tori is, not, is letting it all out and not holding back. And 
you know, she's going to, she's trying, she's out for blood. She's literally out to kill Samantha here. She has no care. Despite the fact that, again, she's, Tori's displacing all of her anger and frustration, but also being, a, you know, showing her allegiance to Kreese, who I failed to mention this, Kreese actually, you know, helped her out with this dirtbag of a guy who, um, was trying to make her pay rent in some form of fashion because she couldn't afford it. I'll just leave it at that. You know, so she became more indebted to Crease because of that. And Crease knew this. He knew that he had her in the uh, palm of her hands when he did this. She's just totally out for blood. She's trying to um, displace all this anger onto Samantha. Samantha's definitely scared. So they end up, you know, meeting into uh, the do like Biagi do um, Dojo, where it just happens to be a pair of nunchucks. And believe it or not, Tori knows how to handle nunchucks. And I'm like, yo, does she I'm looking at this like, does she really know how to use this? And God, if she knows how to use this, this girl is doomed. Oh, she knows how to use nunchucks. She definitely demonstrated that she definitely knows how to use nunchucks in this thing. And I'm like, oh, she's done. <laughs> I see a broken skull here. I see broken. <laughs> and trust me, people, if you ever seen anybody use nunchucks before, those things are lethal. I had a friend, truth be told, not saying his name, but I had a friend who actually know how to use those damn nunchucks. And he cracked some, he cracked another friend's skull with it. It's a whole thing. It's legendary in our city. Luckily, both are okay. It was just a crazy thing. It was absolutely crazy thing. But um, it 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 it's um yeah. I, I lived an interesting life too. But um, yeah, man. It, it, it's it was crazy. Luckily, nobody was severely killed. And then Samantha, after Tori broke the picture the frame picture of mr miyagi and at that point if you have any form of empathy for mr miyagi and you have to because you're a fan of the show you knew that this was the time that samantha had to you know she had to she had to uh she had to woman it up or man it up or warrior it up or whatever and she did she was like no you can't disrespect mr miyagi like that nope you can't do that to grandpa <laughs> it's done so she got her staff which she was training being trained with her father with and they got at it and she managed to, you know, get over on her. And even more, uh, what happened? Because it, it just got so bad. It got even worse. Um, Kreese and uh, Daniel and Crease uh, end up going at it at the end. And then it let, you know, when it looked like he was about to kill Crease and then Crease um, was about to kill him, Daniel ended up save, making a save and he actually made it to the house before he made it over to the dojo and now it's daniel and johnny working together uh literally for the first time to go against crease so now it's this situation so by the end of all this it's coming down to the fact that nobody died first of all thank goodness um crease is running cobra kai and now we have this uh this united front with uh eagle fang and miyagi dojo working together to get out uh to get cobra kai out because now there's a new stipulation here again the storyteller is so pro wrestling it isn't funny they got this new stipulation and this is a total wrestling thing to do they have a situation where there's going to be this special match that happens and what happens in this match is that if the stipulation is if if cobra kai loses this tournament Cobra Kai will be disbanded. It's a loser leaves town match. <laughs> if you were a wrestling fan, you know what happens in wrestling. Every once in a while, there's a loser leaves town match. And what happens is, you know, the main bad guy or heel of the group usually always has the situation like if 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 um you lose this match, you leave this town. You never wrestle in this town again. Or you, the loser leaves the promotion. Or, you know, if, if you lose, you get suspended. Or you never come back again. Which is usually a way for them to give the character a break for a bit and go. And that's what's going to be happening in season four. There's absolutely going to be a season four. I know for a fact that this damn thing, this show, has gotten highly watched. And it's going to be interesting because now also I didn't mention is that through all this, through the, through this entire thing, Hawk and this whole entire thing pretty much, uh, turned, he pretty much turned the tide as well. Hawk, um, is now officially 
I guess he's working for Miyagi Do or Eagle Fang or whatever because he went in, him and Dimitri, who were best friends, and they started seeing different ways. You know, Dimitri ended up going to um, Miyagi Do, he went to Cobra Kai. And he didn't want it. Neither of them wanted to be bullied anymore, but both of them saw different aspects and philosophies on how they weren't going to be bullied. It why it ended up having them going against each other because of their philosophies are different. So Hawk or Eli at this point, um, there's a point of the episode where they wanted to fight Cobra Kai and, you know, fight back Samantha. This is when Samantha um started her ptsd and fear of uh tori because they ended up at a laser tag uh arena that was in, that was abandoned which is actually the perfect place to fight it is the perfect battleground to fight at um and it, it it ended up where samantha was too scared to fight when she heard tori's voice and she heard tori looking after her and it also resulted in hawk breaking eli's arm which I would say was a bad thing, but it ended up being a good thing because Hawk, um, because Dimitri ended up dating Samantha's friend, who was the girl who basically um, was kind of the snob of the the hot girl snob of the whole entire uh, season two, one and two, and she wind up being, you know, she changed the thing because if you remember on season two, Samantha. Uh, wedgie the hell out of her and made her embarrassed her so to the point that she kind of changed her ways and one of the ways was that she saw D Dimitri in a different way those two ended up hooking up as a result like um, Cobra Kai was bullying her, him and they drew a giant penis on his cast well she took sympathy of that and she wrote something more endearing and, and signed her name on there to make it you know to make uh, him look good in the whole process those two end up shacking up and dating <laughs> at the end of this whole thing so um hawk kind of regretted breaking dimitri's arm because at the end of the day that is still in his mind his friend and it just really shouldn't have gotten that far and during that rumble he figured out that like no nah, he needs to change this mindset is getting crazy um mostly from the influence of what johnny told him as well so he wound up like again per wrestling this is what you call a face turn when the bad guy becomes a good guy. <laughs> so, I mean, it, it's really, really cool. But there's another hill turn in this whole thing because now you got Robbie who hates Danny, hates Johnny, is now working with Crease. And all there's a certain term, uh, there was a slow burn to this happening uh, and during the last few episodes of the season. So, Robbie is far from the loop so during this tournament this big tournament that they're gonna have which is gonna uh it, it's gonna you know it's gonna be uh for the disbandment of cobra kai you got robbie who is now a cobra kai member possibly their strongest member who may also be um dating tori by season four by the way too because those two had a little bit of a connection and uh chemistry going on as well He's going to be her, him. Um, Tori and Robbie is going to be their main um, representatives for this. I can tell you this um, now going up against Cobra Kai. I mean, going up against Miyagi Do and Eagle Fang. And I don't know if Eagle Fang's branding is going to stick <laughs> through season four. I don't know if Johnny is going to become um, part, of, part of Miyagi Do. I know Daniel and uh the larusso's is not going to become eagle fang because they know how ridiculous that branding is so we'll see they just left us hanging on that note but it this is just amazing this whole entire season did not disappoint at all i absolutely if you have not seen cobra kai go out of your way to check it out it is fantastic just very well written very well directed um, does poke a little fun at the events of the old one, but not too much. Not like in a way a save by side, uh, saved by the bell did. Um, but they make lot, they make a lot of logic and they make a lot of sense. And it's a great transition of character development throughout this whole entire thing. It's just so awesome. Go out of your way to check out season three of Cobra Kai, man. Do I give this an A plus <laughs> if I could do more, I would like hell, like go community college style go a plus plus on this it's just this i love this series so much i love i love it i absolutely 
what I want to do, I didn't watch the original Karate Kid 1 and 2 yet. It's been a while. Um, I don't even know if they're even going to do Karate Kid 3. How I, how they mix that in. Cause I, honestly, I forgot what the hell Karate Kid 3 was. I don't know. No, the, the next Karate Kid was the one with Hillary Swank on there. So I, um, I, I, really, I really don't know what they're going to do in terms of... Uh, you know whether they're going to mix that aspect in will we see hillary swank who knows <laughs> it, it's um ralph macchio <laughs> who'd have thunk who'd have i mean we saw him on the outsiders we saw him on my cousin Vinny. it's like pretty much his his claim to fame he, his claim to fame is my cousin Vinny too and a lot of people forget that he was one of the original outsiders um which was possibly one of the baddest movies of all time uh, where it had some of the most well-known established actors that are legends today. Ralph Macchio made a big comeback with this Cobra Kai series, man. It, it's, he did tremendous here. So I don't believe he was in Karate Kid 3, if I'm correct. Or Karate, was that the next Karate Kid <laughs> that he was in? Um, but man, no, he wasn't Karate Kid 3. I forgot the whole premise of Karate Kid 3. I think people, a lot of people did. But... I, what I do know, what I do know is that um, it kind of had the same premise as the other two. So I think that's why the one that one's kind of forgettable. But man, they did it. The credit to the writers and the directors of the of this deal. It, it's just absolutely, absolutely awesome. I think when this is all over, I'm just gonna completely binge the movies the whole entire thing and just marvel at how great everything is about this show so man i highly recommend everybody going out of the way to watch if you haven't watched cobra kai yet watch all of it i had to convince one of the, um one of my friends uh who never got a chance to see it who didn't even know that it existed uh last year and i'm like i told him like you're gonna love this and he's a wrestling fan too so i think that trying to that that wrestling aspect probably triggered he came back to me it was like the first few the first word in in all caps yo so many o's <laughs> in there so man go out of your way to check it out it's an awesome show even if you haven't watched the original karate kid movies i definitely say go out of your way to watch the karate kid movies first because you're gonna need to understanding some of the things that are going on in this show watch the first one and two at best because it follows mostly one and two right now i don't know what they're going to do as far as three but well actually i don't know because i forgot to mention crease actually calls an old friend and that old friend is going to play a big factor into whatever happens on season four so they kind of left that as a cliffhanger as well um so go out of your way to check it out it's awesome and then followed by just watching the first three seasons of cobra kai you will not regret it i've had i've yet to hear one person talk about uh this series negatively it is fantastic uh one of the best shows i've seen and, and the bad part is had they brought this on in 2020 this would have been a hard toss-up for the I, this would have gave an mandalorian a run for its money um but you know i understand the mandalorian it would have been hard to beat last year but this one would have damn sure gave it its run for his money after this it's just so awesome here so i if i just keep going i'm going to be going for hours but folks that will do it for this episode of talk time live i hope you enjoyed this episode as much as i love talking about and enjoying watching this show it was absolutely awesome go ahead and way to check it out uh just it's just awesome Thank you for taking time to check out the show. If you're a fan of Cobra Kai, if you're a fan of Talk Time Live, check us all out. You can check this show out in particular on TalkTimeLive.com where you can find all of our shows as well as our exclusive interviews with some of the best in all things anime, comics, movies, and games. If you want to subscribe and download, you can also check us out on Spotify, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Podbean, TuneIn, which is, of course, Amazon Music and Audible as well i gotta also mention pandora and pocket cast for those who like those as well so uh check us out anywhere and everywhere you could possibly find it for your favorite fandoms as well so folks this sunday as i mentioned 
we're going to talk about Transformers War and Cybertron, the um, second season or the second chapter to that. It's a lot to talk about there as well. Uh, if you're a G1 fan, you were not disappointed, and we're going to talk about why. Uh, we will also talk about any news that's coming in in the new year and what's to expect or what's happening there. So we'll talk about that. But guess what? If you think I was finished with Cobra Kai news or Cobra Kai fandom, nope, I am not. Because this week on Select Start, I finally get to review Cobra Kai the video game, which came out way before this, the premiere of this series. I, I don't understand why they didn't decide to come out with this on in the same week, but I don't care. I got a chance to play it way before. I finally am going to review this. And um, if you're a Double Dragon fan, I think you will have a reason to want to listen to this review when I do it as well. So stay tuned for all that and much, much more. So folks, that will do it for me. On behalf of myself, this is Dak Xavier Josiah saying, learn to let go, live life, and love all things anime, comics, movies, and games. This is ACMG Presents Talk Time Live. I am out there. Take care and uh, be safe out there. Happy 2021 or Happy New Year, whatever you want to call it. Take care. Music for this episode is provided by Game Chops. Check out these great chiptune tracks and more at music.gamechops.com.